Welcome to Not Another Feminist Podcast. I'll be your host, Alex Martinez, and on today's episode, we're actually going to be interviewing one of our rebel girls, Jen Solomon, who's a professional rugby player and coach. We're going to dive into what it's like being a female athlete, new recent changes in the Title IX laws, and more. So I'd like to introduce Jen. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and just talk a little bit about, uh, you know, this sporting environment life that I'm passionate about. A little bit about me. I, you know, grew up playing all these types of sports, basketball, volleyball, soccer. I actually started a bit untraditional in terms of uh, my path in rugby. I started in college uh, when I, where I went to Quinnipiac University in Connecticut. Walked on there as an athlete and was like, hey, I love new challenges, new opportunities. It sounded kind of cool, so jumped on the team. And then from there, it's pretty much history. Played for four years after I graduated. Um, I kind of took like a hiatus from rugby. I started replaying again um, uh, all around the Northeast with some uh, Olympic Development Academy teams and travel teams. And then, you know, kept growing and growing and then just... Um, Last year, early spring 2019, I had the opportunity to join Mexico, uh, the national team, the Mexican national team in seven. So Amazing. it's been, yeah, it's been quite an interesting journey from, you know, starting a sport so late in your, I guess, in your life. But still so um, young, still so young, especially. Well, maybe it's different yeah, it's for great. athletes, especially college athletes, the sense of age with your career, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. But I think the beauty of, um, the sport of rugby is that because it's so new here in the States that we all start somewhere and most of us all start like post college or during college. So totally. we're all on the same path and it's been quite a journey. I've been able to compete in the Pan American games and win that last year, which was an amazing experience. Um, some qualifiers all over the world in Hong Kong, Cayman Islands, you name amazing. it. So it's been, yeah, it's been pretty incredible. And it's interesting how you said that rugby is a new sport in the United States, because it really is. For someone that's um, not informed about rugby as a sport, or especially that females play it out there in the world, we kind of think of, you know, those guys maybe in New Zealand before they do their dances Mm -hmm. and having a strong rugby presence or also in like Latin America. But to find out information from a female rugby player is pretty special. And I'm excited to dive into that more with you today. Absolutely. Yeah, but I guess while we dive right into a few questions, we have curious audience and listeners, can we just start off with a basic thing to get going and talk about some of the stereotypes that are associated with being a female athlete, whether that's physical or characteristic, maybe some things that you and your teammates have dealt with or just how are you guys labeled? I love this question, actually. I think it's fantastic because, you know, it's obviously something that we encounter every day, right? So not only, like, at the collegiate level, at the professional level, even, like, young girls playing, like, kicking soccer, soccer balls out in the field. You know, physically, you know, you can say uh, there's so many women that are just look at their appearance. They're too manly. There's too much, you know, like, why are they playing like that? Are they on testosterone? Are they on steroids? Mm -hmm. Like all these questions instead of, you know, being able to just appreciate a female for her strong athletic ability. And the female Um, athletic body itself, right? Of course, you're going to have, you know, bigger shoulders and broader hips and thicker thighs and quads because you guys are running and doing things and burning and creating muscle. So 
sometimes it's like that look is put down for being too masculine, even though that's kind of the full version powerhouse of what the female body can become when you push it to those physical extremes. Exactly. And and not only that, it's obviously like as athletes, you train every day. You know, you're you're taking care of your body, you're training, you're recovering, you're pushing yourself, pushing yourself to those extremes to get that. You know, your body is your work of art, but it's also your your machine, your tool. Yeah. And, and your instrument. You know, as female athletes, like I'm very proud of my body. I know like so many are, but there are there are tons because of the way society likes to portray them that you know are kind of like oh, why am I too strong? Like, why do I have big muscles? And, you know, I think the the narrative uh, is changing a bit, but, I mean, that's a big one. Um, athletic ability is another one, which drives me insane. Mm. Like, as a female, you're a lot weaker than a man. You're not as strong. You can't be as fast. You know, all this, you you can't, like, you're telling me what I can cannot do is just, um, you know, it's pretty sad because you see, again, like, at least for me, when I'm watching someone play, especially female, I'm so thankful and appreciative of what they're doing because it's, you know, it's your craft. It's same for you, you know? You're in your business, you work hard, you train, you practice, and this is what you enjoy doing. You know, I admire that. So it's it's a whole different thing, but- uh, Totally. I think my favorite thing is when I'm training or something, or I hear someone else say, and they're like, oh, like, what are you training for? And I'm like, oh, like, you know, I just, I play rugby, so, like, I'm training. And they're like, oh, I didn't know women played rugby. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, my they favorite do. Uh, response to that is, well, we are also CEOs, we're doctors, we're lawyers, mechanics. Perfect response. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. we shouldn't be course, so shocked about females in certain sports anymore. I agree. I definitely agree with you. And and it's just it's always comical to me. But again, after that I always been educate and inform and in, right. in a positive way. Educate um, and inform and that's what we're out here doing, even by, you know, speaking to you on this podcast. If you are someone listening that's surprised that a female plays a certain sport, it's time to wake up that this is your wake up call. (laughs) Let's do our research and support our female athletes. And one thing interesting you said about your body being the machine, it's, it's kind of similar to, you know, a singer having their body be their instrument where if you don't feel good, if you sprain your ankle, if you have horrible cramps and PMS, that's going to obviously affect your job. If your career is with your body, I can't imagine that pressure to physically always show up and be on point to win, to pay for things, to, to get the bills paid. Like, So just props and so much respect to you for utilizing your body as your office and as your tool. And I mean, it's cool that you get to work out and keep yourself healthy, but I really can't imagine that physical pressure to just always perform. And so any athlete, of course, has a bunch of like determination and willpower and stamina to to push your body to those extremes and I just want to say like you go girl for doing that and always showing up because I can't imagine doing that shit (laughs) thanks I appreciate that I would say it's a big mental game but to to all the all the female athletes out there for sure it's you know at the end of the day I think we do it because we love the sport totally and what we're doing so And now tell me about um, the media with women in sports. We talked a little bit about the stereotypes, but do you feel that there's equal representation uh, in the media of female athletes compared to male counterparts? Um, Definitely not. (laughs) There definitely is a a big gap. 
I mean, you can just go on TV and turn on your TV or go on ESPN or your favorite news outlet and you can immediately, even visually, just see that there's not an equal representation. And obviously, you know, I think a lot of the, the reasons and excuses that we keep hearing, even for all these years, it's, you know, oh, uh, female sports are not as interesting. They're not as exciting. You know, they don't rev- uh, bring in... Um, the same amount of money. They don't bring in the same amount of money and revenue, you know. But at the end of the day, I mean, women's sports are increasing every year. Um, I'm pretty sure the few years ago, was it two years ago, the World Cup for women? Yeah, that um, sparked United quite a controversy National. when one of the players came out and said that they wanted to be paid the same as the male players on the soccer team. And that was like kind of the first time on a global scale, or at least, you know, domestically in the States that people listened and realized, oh, wait a minute, why is our Olympic and national women's soccer team not making the same amount of money? And then you see all these conservatives coming out saying, well, it's simple, A plus B, they don't make enough money on their games that people watch. How do you feel about that? Oh, another one just kind of boils my blood sometimes. Um, I think... Obviously, we've we've lived in a society where men get paid more, right? Um, but if you're looking at the numbers and the results of performance of this, uh, the United States uh, national women's soccer team, they have won more games, and I'm pretty sure over the last five years, they have outperformed the men significantly. Totally. Okay, they have won um, more World Cups, Olympics, like they have dominated the, I guess, the U.S. soccer realm in the last five, six years over the men. The men didn't even, um, they didn't even qualify for the last World Cup, right? And it's sad that their payment is deemed upon how much money the games are bringing in instead of their athletic performance and capabilities. Like, shouldn't you be paying those athletes more that work, you know, on NBA teams because they're amazing and deserve it and contracts want to pay more money for them to switch teams, not because of how many people tuned in. Right. And and with that, too, I mean, the women are doing the exact same thing as the men with less resources. You know, they're still getting the short end of the stick. And while bleeding, while bleeding. I just want to say that because that's got to be a huge thing as an athlete, too, as a female. Like, just... Uh, it shocks me not not to put down men you know as true feminists we're all about equality it doesn't mean that we hate male athletes that's not what we're saying here we just want the same equal respect and to bridge that gender pay gap for female athletes and just show them more in the media and respect them and 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 celebrate and praise them Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine how challenging that is And I saw something interesting come out last week. The government actually made some changes to laws around Title IX. And for those of our listeners who don't know what Title IX is or means, can you please give us a super brief, easy-to-digest definition of Title IX and how has it impacted female athletes in the sports world? Sure. Um, So Title IX was established in 1972. It's pretty much, uh, it provides everyone with equal access to any program or activity that receives federal funding. Uh, This includes no person on the basis of sex should be excluded from participation or denied benefits or be subjected to discrimination under these programs and activities. And obviously, mostly all public and private universities fall under this because they do receive some sort of federal funding. and specifically in sports, Title IX has done a tremendous job to advance 
uh, females in in the sporting world, right? So I believe before Title IX, um, one in 27 girls played sports. Today, I believe that number is around three to five, which is tremendous. Yeah, it it is pretty incredible. Um, In terms of it being applied in universities, in schools, um, I do want to say, let me just go back a few steps. I do want to say Title IX does not just apply to sports. A lot of people think, I think they have this misconception that it's like, oh my goodness, females in sports, but no, it's educational programs. So it can be anything that has, again, educational programs. Like, like a frat party or something like that. Any student on a campus that takes yeah. place as something Clubs. Clubs. Exactly. Programs, all those things. But it's specifically, again, in athletics, um, Title IX requires, so I'll, I'll just get into a little specifics for the athletic part, um, participation and equal uh, opportunity to participate in sports between men and female. This includes scholarships. So female and male student athletes must receive athletic scholarships proportional to the population. It gets a little tricky because obviously some universities um, have a higher uh, population of female than male or vice versa. So the sporting numbers have to be proportionate to that. Um, and it also includes equal treatment, resources, coaching uh, facilities. Personally, uh, I think Title IX is a little dear to my heart because I um, Title IX rugby at Quinnipiac was a result of Title IX, hmm. uh, where I went to college, right? Because at the time we were, uh, I think 64% female, and the sports didn't reflect that. So they added um, golf, acrobatics and tumbling, and rugby to that university. Um, and obviously, if it wasn't for that, I would have never found rugby. <laughs> you know, I would say my my current passion in that. So and thus your career path. Kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which you know, I I find that very very funny, but. Um, that's why it's a little a little close to my heart in that case. But I also think, um, besides Title IX being such a great tool to advance the sport, I think it's a bit complex because it does give more opportunity. But I always think about this: like, what is true opportunity, right? So, is it getting more sports for women to play? Or is it doing that and also providing the resources and environment to actually succeed? And to protect them. Right. Within Title IX. So I think it's done a great thing. But again, there's been a lot of situations where they'll add a female team, but they're not giving them the resources to succeed. And then they end up dismantling years later because they weren't either given the equipment, the coaching staff needed, the numbers, the resources to train similar again, obviously on a higher level to the women's national team, soccer national team, but hold at the level. So I always think it's complex, but I always am constantly thinking if it's, you know, what is true opportunity in this case? And do you personally find, you know, being a professional female athlete that started in college, that this is something that really should be held accountable to universities or at a governmental federal level? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would love for it to be at the federal level, but again, it's not realistic, right? Each school is different, different amount of females, different teams, different money. Right. Yeah. Right. And then the NCAA is such a powerhouse, such a powerhouse institution. 
that they are pretty much governing, you know, their leagues, their regions, the the conferences. So it just, it just, I don't, I don't know how that could happen. Totally, at least right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay, so how can we collectively? I'm talking about both men and women do more to help change the narrative on gender equality in sports and Title IX. What can what can we do and our brothers too to help us out? Yeah, so I think um, a big thing for me is put your money where your mouth is, right? <laughs> so show up, and you might think that showing up to your sister's game or you know your local girls' game is so at a small scale, but you know I think it right there that's where you start changing the notions and perspectives. And, you know, I think small wins are also big wins. They're incremental wins over time, right? So support female sports. Don't just watch it on TV. Go to their games, whether it's middle school, high school, college. Um, Buy their tickets. Buy their merchandise. You know, buy their shirts. Because you're teaching especially young athletes and young female athletes that they matter and that they are deserving of having, you know, the, the stadium filled up with their friends and family too, not just their male counterparts that are playing a sport that everyone's interested in. So for those of you listening, show up to these games, show up to these matches, go out to the fields, make them feel that they are valued and deserving of your attention while they are working hard, training their whole lives and performing their crafts. I like that. Mm-hmm. Any other tips? Yeah. Um, I also think... Um, in terms of the media, I think the media can do so so much good um, in changing this notion. Obviously, that's investing in the female athletes, promoting them, but also changing the way we're portraying female athletes in the media, right? It's as honestly, I wouldn't say as simple, but I think it's as easy to change instead of um, portraying them with, you know, they're so nurturing and they're so... Uh, emotional, all this stuff. Like, no, they're athletic. Just like you would say about a man, they're athletic, they're strong, they're confident, they're powerful, but they're also graceful. Mm-hmm. You know, they they work hard. Um, and with emotions, I want people to portray emotions in a positive light. I think emotions are a very po- powerful thing, especially in sport. I'm sure you've seen it, whether it's a movie or sport, you, you're watching someone perform and you see their emotion through, you feel it. You know, you feel something like that. That's a very powerful thing. Totally. But um, then women are ridiculed the- when they cry after losing a tennis match and people want to make jokes like, oh, are you PMSing or something? Like, no, I'm actually, it's valid that I feel this way. <laughs> I'm sorry that the male athletes don't cry after matches, but, you know. Right. Yeah, so normalizing no, it, it, those emotions more and allowing female athletes to feel because, I mean, mm-hmm. quite frankly, you guys are going through a shit ton. Yeah. Way more and, than and men, it, I would like to go out on a stretch and say, especially biologically. Yes, I, I love that you say allowed to feel and, you know, being put in a, in a space where you can and just be you. And I think, honestly, that would just make female athletes even more powerful in their game. Totally, you know, they, they don't have to supported. feel all suffocated. Exactly. So I think that I think the media has a huge, um, a huge opportunity to continue to do so and just portray them and promote them more. And I know it's a, it's a something that's constantly said, but it's not changing. Yeah. So PSA reminder to everyone: 
And what is our part that we can do by having these conversations, going out and looking further and deeper researching into the media about finding information on female athletes and sports so that, you know, even Google can recognize that these articles are ranking higher from an SEO perspective and that this content matters. So let's push it out forward, um, Mm -hmm. I guess, with a marketing perspective. And one last question for you, Jen. I know we talked about universities and, and the media, but if you had to just plainly say to someone, why is it important to care about female athletes? Why should colleges care? Why should male athletes care? Why should the media care? What is that why? Great. Um, I would just say, do you have a sister? Hmm. Do you have a mother, an aunt, a daughter? Not yet. Down the road, right? If you bring your daughter out to your game or your younger sister and they are saying, hey, why can't I be out there and play? What are you going to say? Very, very good thought-provoking question. What what would you say? Yeah, why would they not be able to? Like, of course you can, honey. This is something you can do. There's no point in saying this is a male sport because obviously look at history and how women have reversed that when women's were not allowed to play sports. And now we have opportunities for them in colleges. And that, I mean, what is the difference? How can you look at a young little girl and tell her, "Mm, well, you know, rugby's for guys or rugby's dangerous or we don't want you to get hurt or you know, that's, that's not going to be a career. That's going to be a waste of time practicing and training for years. Or do you really want your body to take that form? If you pursue gymnastics and track, like Mm -hmm. give more freedom to young women, support them, inspire them, educate them and show up for them because absolutely there are people like this, like yourself that are in a way changing the world because of what you're doing. You're showing other women that they can play rugby and that, you know, they can take it to a professional level and go to different matches and join a Mexico national team and all these amazing accomplishments that you've done on an international scale. So for someone listening to this podcast, that's thinking about, you know, becoming a female athlete, or you already are one, and you're kind of facing this quarter life identity crisis and choosing your career path after university, these things can be done. And there's no reason why you shouldn't at least try. You know, maybe it's not something that Love you that. want to spend your whole life on, but but do it because you're able to and do it because of the women that paved the way just for your privilege to be able to choose and be able to do these sports because a hundred years ago, you wouldn't be allowed to. So now no, that we no have chance. that, yeah, now that we have that freedom <laughs> collectively as women, use that freedom. Don't be afraid to go kick a ball around just because you're a girl. Don't be afraid to buy your first skateboard because, you know, there are no girls skating in the pool or like, you know, out at vans, you know, be that girl. If anything, it just makes you cooler. (laughs) I know. I know. I love that. I was running up the track a few weeks ago, actually. And I saw this little girl playing with her dad, just like kicking the ball around. And I just stopped. Probably thought I was weird but I just thought that it's weird and that you know they're they are our future you know and it'd be like you said if we can encourage them and support them to just explore and do what they want to do then 
they're just going to be more amazing than than they already are. And collectively, um, and now, that effort changes yeah. like the human perspective and the view of women, and and chisels down at the big issue that is feminism and how we're not treated with equality, we're not treated with respect. We do very much so live in a patriarchal society in the United States and, of course, across the world. So. I just want to thank you for doing your effort in pioneering change. Of course, rugby is something you love, being an athlete is something you love, but what you're doing on this small scale has a ripple effect later on, and that's how it was for all the female athletes you know, back in the day. And I want to thank you, Jen, for your time and sharing about your firsthand perspective, and I hope that our listeners gained a little bit more insight and respect for the female athletes that are out there today. And whether they're on the fields or on TV or in our classes, or they are our sisters who have matches next Saturday that now you think, "Mm, okay, maybe I should go out and support her, even though it's annoying because it really is different for her. And there are not as many people out in the stands supporting girls sports as there are with boys. So yeah, I just want to thank you. And for all of our listeners, Jen is actually a part of our rebel girl community and our collective, as you guys know, not another feminist podcast is ran by rebel creative agency and feminist collective. So you can connect with her and find her directly by filling out the contact form on our website for any questions or follow-ups or comments, even even if it doesn't relate to sports, but marketing, just so that you know this woman out here in the world doing her thing and to support her. Find out more on www.rebelcreative.co. And thank you again, Jen. That's all for today's episode. And until next time. Perfect. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it so much. Thanks. Have a good one.